chapter 1, verse 23. Now, I'll warn you guys, we're going to look at a lot of passages this morning. I'll try to give you guys a few minutes to, to flip to them. But we're going to look at several verses throughout the Bible. And if you're not able to flip to all these or want to know what they are after we get through, just let me know and I'll print you off a copy of my notes and you can go through and study them. I always encourage you to do that. I know sometimes uh, when I'm preaching or, or when you hear other preachers preach, we may quote a reference of Scripture and sometimes we may kind of go through it quickly, but I always try to find these on your own if you can and go back and uh, read it for yourself. Don't ever take anybody else's word for Scripture. You read Scripture for yourself and see what it says. So uh, we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today, but I think a lot of good scriptures that really help us to see who Jesus is. And we're going to pray, and we'll jump into some of these scriptures. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we have reason to rejoice, that we have reason to celebrate, that we have salvation, dear Lord, that we can be saved from our sins, God, even though we don't deserve it. Even though we do some rotten things, God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for freedom. Dear Lord, to come sit in this building this morning, and we thank you not just for freedom in this country, but freedom for our souls, dear Lord, that we can be freed from sin and the, and the consequences of sin, dear Lord. And I just thank you for Jesus Christ for making that possible. And so we come this morning to give glory to you, dear Lord, to lift up the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would be glorified in this place. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross to help me to preach and teach your word in a way that glorifies you and that just puts the focus on you today. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew is quoting a passage from Isaiah here, a prophecy from the book of Isaiah that was pointing us forward to Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Now, this is pretty amazing. When we read this passage, when we read through all of Scripture, when we read about Jesus, and we know that God is with us. That Jesus came so that not only God could be with us, but that so we could be with God. And the message here was a child will be born and he will be called Emmanuel. Now we may look at that passage and say, well, wait a minute. Why, do we, why did Mary and Joseph name Jesus Jesus? It says that he is to be called Emmanuel. Well, it's not so much that his name was to be Emmanuel but he would be called what his name meant. A name in the Bible is maybe a little more symbolic than what our names are today. And in this passage in Isaiah, the fact that he was to be called Emmanuel, when people would have heard that name, then they would have known what it meant. And it meant God is with us. When we think about Jesus, we are to think about the fact that God is with us, that God came in human flesh, that God came in the form of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ both is God and is the Son of God, which is kind of a hard thing for us to wrap our head around. But there are lots of descriptive words of Jesus in the Bible. 
both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Isaiah uses similar language just a few chapters after this prophecy about Emmanuel who is to come, about God who is with us who is to come. And in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, this is a popular verse you may have heard before on Christmas. If not, though, listen to it. This is a prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus came onto the scene. But it's a prophecy about Jesus. And it's the same kind of language that we see here. That the Son will be given these names. That the Son who will come will be called by these titles. These are words that Isaiah says that the coming Messiah will be called by. And let's see what these names and these titles are. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, give everybody another minute to turn there. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Now, none of those are proper names for Jesus. Jesus' name is Jesus. But those are all names that we apply to Jesus. These are all names that tell us who Jesus is. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is our eternal Father, and He is the Prince of Peace. Now, when we see names in the Bible, we need to realize that almost always they have a significance. That a name wasn't just chosen because it sounded good. Names in Scripture were chosen because they had meaning. And when we see that Jesus was to be called Emmanuel, it's because it meant that God was with us. When we see the other prophecy that the Messiah who is going to become is going to be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father and Prince of Peace. These are words that describe who Jesus are. These are titles that describe the Savior that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, a good example of a name meaning something in the Old Testament, if you want to study it sometime, you can go to Genesis chapter 29 through 35 when Jacob's 12 sons were born. And it tells for each of their names that they were named whatever their name was, because it meant something, because of what took place. A couple of examples. In Genesis 29 through 35 is where you can find these. We won't go through all of them, but here are a few. Reuben was given the name Reuben because it means the Lord has seen my affliction. Now, Jacob's son, or excuse me, Jacob's wife wanted sons, and whenever... Uh, a son was given to Leah, she praised God because she wanted that son. She uh, was in affliction, and God gave her a child, and that's why she named the child Reuben. Another one that came later, Judah, which means I will praise the Lord. Another one is Dan, which means God vindicated me. Nephtali, which means wrestled with God. Asher means I am happy. Issachar means God rewarded me. Joseph means God has taken away my shame. And Benjamin means son of the right hand. Now that's not all of Jacob's sons, but that gives you an idea. And when you read in Genesis through chapters 29 through 35, 
you'll see what was going on, especially if you read the chapters before. You'll see that those names had meaning. They didn't just pick a name because it sounded good. And our names, most of our names, have meaning too. Now, we may not have picked our names for ourselves or for our children, I should say, uh, because we know what they mean. Maybe you did. Maybe some of you have named your children things because you knew what the name meant. But you may enjoy uh, taking a quick search online and seeing what your name means. Uh, it may be a meaning that actually applies to you very well, or maybe it doesn't. But I figured that there were going to be a few names that I could count on that would be here this morning. And so I looked up a few names just to see. I wonder what some of our names would mean if we were to look at them. The name Betty means pledged to God. The name Michelle means a gift from God. That's a pretty fitting title. I would agree with that. She's a gift. The name Gary means brave warrior. The name Sadie means princess. And the name Aaliyah means ascender, highly exalted, somebody who is on the rise. Now, our names have meaning even if we don't know them, and that may be something for us to consider. Maybe some of you who may one day have a child, you may want to think about that. You may want to think, you know what, I want to name my child something that's meaningful something that's going to have an impact, something that, that's going to show this is how I want to raise my child, this is how I want my child to be. I want the name of my child to represent and describe the type of child that I'm going to have. And that's exactly what these words in Isaiah were telling us about the Messiah. They were describing to us who Jesus is, who Jesus was going to be, and his name is to be called Emmanuel. He is God with us. Now, we've just looked at a few names here from Isaiah, but the Bible is full of names that describe to us and tell us who Jesus is. In the New Testament in particular, we see descriptive title after descriptive title, name after name that tell us who our Messiah is, that describe our Messiah to us. I want to share a few more of these names with you this morning. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. If you want to turn there, you can. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. We're going to go through about a dozen of these, and that's not all of them. There are many names and titles that are ascribed to Jesus in the New Testament. We're just going to look at a few just to get us an idea, just to remind us, hopefully to excite us, about our Savior, about the Son of God. This is good stuff when we read through here. I think it's good stuff. I hope you do too. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16 tell us that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation, and through him all things were created. Verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the, invi the, the visible and the invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things have been created through him and for him. That's good stuff right there. Jesus Christ is above all and all that there is has been created through him and 
for him. John chapter 8, verse 12. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus tells us, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, I'm not going to preach too much on these verses because, boy, they pretty, much, they pretty much speak to us. They pretty much tell us what we need to hear. I can't say anything more beautiful than what Jesus has told us there. He is the light of the world. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 16, in Revelation 19, 16, we see that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. Now that's good stuff. We see lots of presidents and rulers and authorities in our world today. And some of them may look strong and may look powerful and may look like they are in complete control. But every authority is under the authority of Jesus Christ. There is no worldly king who has the power of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Luke chapter 1, we see another one of these names that is ascribed to Jesus throughout the New Testament. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, we see title after title as we go through Scripture that tell us who, God, who Jesus is, how wonderful He is, how magnificent He is. There's no question as to who Jesus is as we read through the Scriptures. In Revelation 22, Revelation 22, verse 13, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Everything has started with Jesus, through Jesus, for Jesus, and everything will end with Jesus and will end with those who follow Jesus, praising Jesus and glorifying his name for all that he has done, for all that he is, and we see all that he is time and time again throughout these scriptures. In Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, verse 36, it says, He sent the message to the Israelites proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the writer of Hebrews tells us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that lay before him endured a cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. Jesus is indeed the source and perfecter of our faith. Should we put our faith in Jesus Christ? He indeed is the source and perfecter of our faith. 
Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life, Jesus told them. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John chapter 1, verse 29, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Boy, that's good stuff. When we go through and we look at these titles for Jesus, man, they get me excited to, to, to remember who Jesus is, to be reminded of how great he is, to be reminded that he is our good shepherd, that he leads us, that he is the Lamb of God who was slain, who gave his life on a cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Savior we need because each and every one of us are sinners. We are sinners and we can't earn forgiveness of our sin based on anything we can do, on how good we may be or how often we may come to church. But God knew that we needed a Savior. And the good news is spoken in Matthew chapter 1 that that Savior is coming and he will be named Jesus because he will save his people. Who are his people? His people are any who will follow him, who will trust him, who will put their faith in him. And when we do that, Jesus becomes our Savior, the one who saves us from our sins. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now we've only looked at a handful of titles that describe Jesus this morning. Just a handful of verses that tell us who Jesus is and what Jesus is like. And one thing we don't want to leave out of here without realizing is the very truth that Jesus just spoke. That he is the way, that he is the truth and that he is the life. And there's no way we can come to God apart from him. There's no way that we are forgiven apart from Jesus. So who is Jesus? Well, let me recap a few of these that we said today, plus a few more to tell us who Jesus is. If you want to know who Jesus is today, I want to tell you who he is. Jesus is the firstborn over all creation. The light of the world, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Son of God, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lord of all, the source and perfecter of our faith, the Bread of Life, the Good Shepherd, the Lamb of God, the Savior, the Way, the Truth, and the Life. He is the chief cornerstone, the head of the church, the Holy One, the Judge, the Son of Man, the Word of God, the Bridegroom, the Deliverer, the True Vine, the high priest, the mediator between God and man. He is the rock and the resurrection and the life. Now that's good stuff right there. 
That is who Jesus is. And this is not even all the names of Jesus. These are not even all the words that describe Jesus in Scripture. But there is enough here that when I look at this list, I say, this is the man I want to follow. This is the one I want to follow. The one and only Son of God who came and gave his life to me. The one who is above all and greater than all. And all things were created through him. This is Jesus. This is Emmanuel. And when we look at Scripture, we see the power and the majesty and the glory and the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus spelled out for us time and time again and all of these titles that have been given to him. And we know the names of Jesus. We know the terms that describe Jesus this morning. And I hope that every one of us here this morning don't just know the names of Jesus, but know Jesus. Have a relationship with him. That we have recognized that, look, we want, we want this Son of God, we want this Savior of the world to be our Savior. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus this morning, I hope you will. I hope you'll recognize that we can only be forgiven through him. And I hope that we will rejoice in knowing the greatness of Jesus this morning, this Christmas, and every day of our life. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and I thank you for these words. I thank you for your son. And God, I thank you that you give us your word that we can see and that we can know who Jesus is. Without a doubt, we don't have to question God, but that we can stand on your word and know it's truth. And God, know all of these words that, that are described for us today that, that, that tell us about Jesus. God, I pray that we would just rejoice in those words, that we would rejoice in the power of those words, and we would rejoice in the power of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that if there's one in here today that maybe they've never followed Jesus, they've never trusted Jesus, I pray that today that they will. And God, I pray that you were glorified in this place, and I pray that you'll be glorified when we leave. And God, I pray that you would be with us every day of our life. God, that we can follow you and be an example for your grace and your mercy so that we can tell others about the greatness of Jesus. So that these very things that we talked about today, God, that other people will see Jesus through us and see the greatness of Jesus and all that he is. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.